Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Kamari House. Brandy Mosby joins us, program coordinator with Kamari House. We're going to find out all about the uh, program and the work of the uh, Kamari House here in uh, Rutherford County. Brandy, good morning. Good morning. Good to have you today. Thank you for having me. So uh, what is Kamari House? Tell me a little bit about how you got the start here. Okay, so Kamari House was founded in 2012, and our mission is just to build healthy families and form communities and resilient children. So what we do there is offer supervised visitation. It just provides a safe environment and a healthy connection for children who may have been separated for one from one or both of their parents. Okay, so um, how do you get your clients? I mean, are, are they referred? How, how does that all work? Yeah. So generally, um, they can be referred through court orders. Um, so like, you know, on their court order, it'll be like, you have supervised visitation, contact Kamari House, or maybe through parenting time or mediation. And so once they get that referral and get our name and information, we have the visiting parent. So the parent that will be coming to the house, do the visitation. They're the ones that have to give us the phone call and make that initial step because we want to make sure that they are committed, that we have their buy-in, that they're going to show up. So it just kind of sets the tone for whether or not they're even going to make the attempt to come see their children. So after that, we have a four-part process. So they'll do the intake phone call. We just get a little bit of information at that point. Um, We'll request some documentation, and then once they send that to us, the director will look at that. If we want to continue to move forward, then the second step is that they will come in and do an in-person intake. Um, We'll get more information. We'll kind of find out, you know, what's happened in the past, a little bit of history. Why are they here? Why do they want to start visitation with their child? Because a lot of times they may not have seen them for a year or two, maybe more. So it's like, what is your reason for wanting to come and start this visitation up? Um, And so after every step, our director looks over the information just to make sure that we want to continue to move forward, make sure that we'll be able to keep the children safe with that parent. And then so the third step would be the custodial parent or guardian will come in. They'll do an in-person intake. Same thing, get information from them. You know, there's always two sides to the story. And then there's the middle, which is the truth. So just try to gauge both sides of the story and what's going on. And then the fourth step is we have the children come in depending on their age and maturity level. And that's just to acclimate them to the environment that they'll be in. So they get to come to the house, they get to see all the rooms, they get to see the toys, the TVs, the video game things, air hockey, and that just helps them be more comfortable when they come to the visit, know what they're getting into before they actually step in with their visiting parent and just helps them be more comfortable because they've already been there. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a, a definite process. I mean, it, it yeah. <laughs> takes a lot to put it all together for, for one visitation, I guess. Yeah. Well, so or, they get visits. Um, generally, the courts will schedule it. They get four hours a month. We only do every other weekend for each family. So they get two hours a weekend, basically. And it will be every other weekend. That way we can get all of our families, get their visits in. So they get the four hours a month. It's just not all at one time. And they can't come every single weekend. Sure. So um, when when you're putting all of this information together, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the child is the center focus of all of that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's always the focus if we feel like we're not going to be able to keep the child safe um, or that there's any risk for abduction if there's any risk like if we have a parent that might be um, I don't want to say uncontrollable it's probably not the best word but just they're not going to follow the rules or they're mm-hmm. going to not show up for visits then 
probably not going to be the best fit for our program because we're very structured. That's one of the great things about us. We're a secure location. We have a monitor in the room with the family so the child's never alone. We do occasionally have cases where if they've been there for a long time, they might go to unmonitored, which just means they don't have another adult in the room, but they're still supervised because we have a supervisor on site as well. So they're always going to have somebody there. They just may not be in the room. But um, the door locks, like I said, we have plenty of monitors in there. There'll be a monitor in each room. The supervisor is there. So it's somewhere they can go and they can feel safe. They don't have to worry about the parent being able to take them. They don't have to worry about what they're going to talk about in there. We try to keep the conversation to what's happening in the visit. So even if they get phone calls outside of there, they're not able to discuss whatever they talked about on the phone call. It can be a little tricky sometimes, especially with kids. You know, they don't, they're not seeing you all the time. They want to tell you about their life. They want to tell you what's going on. But in order to keep the safety and to minimize anything that might trigger the child, we just have them focus on what they're doing in the visit right then and there and keep anything outside of that. Um, they have to save that for their phone calls. Yeah. Um, it, it would seem to be the the uh, the coming together of all of these parties and, and having to make sure that the child's best interest is, is all part of that. But I, I wonder, I wanted to go back to something that yeah. you mentioned about um, – when you're looking into the visiting parent, uh, I mean, uh, could some of these situations be that they had been incarcerated and now they're they're out and want to kind of reestablish visitation? I mean, I guess it could be a wide range yeah. of, of reasons why there's, there's a need for Kamari House. Yeah, that. there's a huge range of needs. It could be something like that. It could be the parents are going through a divorce and maybe there was some issues domestic violence between mom and dad and they have a protective order or child it could be possible child abuse that maybe is alleged but was never founded it could be um maybe one parent had custody maybe they passed away and somebody on their side of the family had custody of the child and now the visiting parent wants to start building that relationship to possibly possibly get custody back so it just literally can range from anything so do you handle like most of any supervised visits or do you have to get to a certain level of need before Kamari house is brought in for supervised visits or how does that work? It really, it really depends. Some, there has been some cases where a family member was supervising the visits and it just wasn't working out. And so they still had to have supervised visitation. So then they contacted Kamari house. Um, a lot of times it's just directly ordered once they go to court that they have to have supervised visitation. Um, sometimes they'll try other agencies for supervised visitation which there's not a whole lot um even just in middle middle tennessee in general so it can be difficult to be able to get supervised visitation if it's not going to be a family member or something like that yeah i I mean I, i would think that for the custodial parent and the visiting parent if we're in a situation where Kamari House is um, is used for visit supervised visitation, that you don't want those two parents together. Or that for, Correct. You know, in in those situations. So, uh, I mean, I, I think you. A lot of people will think if there's a separation and you got uh, child and and mom and dad that you know it's just trading back and forth. But we're talking right. about much different situations here. Yeah, and we do a good job of making sure 
that there is no interaction between the parents, whether or not they have an order of protection. We just we kind of just do it as everybody has an order of protection, whether you do or not. So there's a certain time that the visiting parent has to be there. There's a certain time the drop off parent has to be there. So what they the visiting parent is already in the room they're going to be in before the child is dropped off. We go outside and get the child. We take them inside to the visit. The custodial parent will leave. They don't come back until the visit's over. And we take the child outside to them. The visiting parent has to stay in the room. We ca- They have a time frame that they can't leave the room until after that kid is gone. So we really do a good job of making sure that they don't ever have any interaction or see each other so that there's no issues with that so that they don't they don't have to worry about it the kids don't have to worry about it they just we're like the third party in between and we stay very neutral like we don't you know we're not gonna take sides um we don't discuss information with either parent about what the other parent said phone calls anything like that we just stay very neutral get your kid take them inside do the visit we're like like a fly on the wall we're just in there to monitor make sure the kid is safe um and then get the kid back out to the car safely we're talking today with Brandy Mosby, the program coordinator for Kamari House. And when you're doing this and it's a two-hour visitation for, for one, I mean, you're really coordinating a lot of things because you have a lot of clients. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you, you, scheduling has to be a huge thing of scheduling the times and the rooms, and you kind of have to keep everybody on schedule, too, it sounds. Yeah, and that uh, that <laughs> keeping them on schedule can be difficult sometimes, yeah. especially if you have... Um, we do have a time frame too is like if a parent is if the visiting parents late like we'll cancel their visit depending if what time they get there so we will cancel the visit but sometimes we'll have the drop-off parent who's late and then so we're trying to get the first group of parents out we're trying to get the other kids in and so that can get a little chaotic sometimes and then even with the scheduling we have four or five rooms that we use so then also having to make sure like okay let's we can't have two infants visiting at the same time because we only have one infant room we can't have two teens visiting at the same time we only have one teen room so trying to make sure that we um have a room for every family and that they're not you know we're not double booked with the age of the child and and it gets hard too if you have a family with multiple kids and two of the kids are seven and eight and one kid is 15 it's like well, where do we put this kid and how can the parent how can we put them somewhere where the parent can engage with all three of them and have stuff to do with all three of them so that one isn't just sitting there and not getting any parent time so that can be difficult sometimes and we will occasionally step in as the monitor and help them engage with all of them and just be like you know well why don't you do this with them for this little bit of time and you know the other child can do this and so trying to help them come up with activities but we we try for the most part to stay out of it because it's it's your parenting time if they were at home you're the one that's gonna have to be doing this and so we can't step in and do it for you we're just there to kind of help guide if you need it because we also have parents that come in who have never had their kid you know maybe the kid was born you've never had visitation because something happened so they're learning how to be a parent at their visitation at Kamari House. So in those instances, we will step in and model for them what they should be doing for changing diapers, for eating snacks, stuff like that, so that they're not struggling so much on their own. And you you mentioned infants to teens, so you have a wide range of, of yeah. children too. Yeah. And uh, so when we talk about Kamari House, is, is there... A process. I mean, it sounds like most of this is is done by court order or or mediator right. or something like that. It's not like, 
hey, I need to set up supervised visitation, that that goes through the courts most of the time. Most of the time. You'll get a few rare ones who, like I did have one that called the other day and was like, you know, I haven't seen my kid and I just feel like this would be the best way for me to see them because the other parent, you know, would be more comfortable with this. So occasionally we'll have that where they will voluntarily come, but most of the time it has to be a court ordered. Otherwise they're either just not going to see their kid or... Yeah, pretty much they just won't yeah. see their kid if they don't come. And the uh, the the work of Kamari House, I mean, with without you, you all doing this here in our community, that there, there probably wouldn't be an, another group to come fill this in. I mean, there just aren't a lot of people doing this kind of work. I right. guess my point. Yeah, yeah, and we don't um, we don't do like custody cases, like DCS cases. We don't do that. So if they're in the system with the state, we generally don't do those visits because they have their own providers that do it. But it is working with the same kind of families. A lot of the time they're going through the same issues and they just need a safe space to be able to visit their kids and grow that relationship. And that's kind of how it got started was there was a child, his name was Kamari and he um, died due to domestic violence. And so that was where the name Kamari house came from. And we just want to help try our best to prevent situations like that for the other kids out here. We have uh, Brandy Mosby joining us, program coordinator for Kamari House. And uh, in our last couple of uh, minutes here, why don't you share some uh, opportunities how we can support Kamari House? Yes. So we have um, a couple of fundraisers going on. And also, if you ever want to donate at any point, you can go to www.kamarihouse.org. We also have a fundraiser on September 20th where we're asking individuals to either ask 20 friends and family to donate $20 to Kamari House or you as an individual go donate $20 and you can do that at the website as well. Um, And then if there's any businesses that are interested in supporting, you can go to the web address or you can mail donations to P.O. Box 12306, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37129. And then in October, we're running a Kid Design Kamari House t-shirt fundraiser. You can go to our Facebook page to learn more about that. And um, we also have a wish list that we post quarterly. And if it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, that you want to donate something, just contact us. You can call us at 615 nine five six six one zero six for any donations you want to make or anything like that uh i'm sure christmas thanksgiving those those are are busy times period and then they're even busier for you guys yeah for sure yeah well uh it's been great talking with you today kamari house uh k-y-m-a-r-i-h-o-u-s-e dot org uh Sometimes you're thinking, okay, Kamari, how in the world am I going to spell yeah. that? So, uh, but if you just do a Google search, you'll be able to find out uh, a lot of the great work that is being done here in the community and obviously uh, supported by the United Way of Rutherford and Cannon Counties as well. Yes. Well, very good. Brandy, thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And if you missed any part of our program, you can check WGNSRadio.com under podcast and Rutherford issues to listen back or wherever you listen to audio, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, iHeartMedia, Facebook podcast. Yes, we've got it in all those places. So check it out. Rutherford issues on News Radio WGNS. 